This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hey there, it's Jason. I'm not making new episodes of Think Again, but I wanted to share with you a new project I'm very excited about. This is the first episode of my independent podcast, Clever Creature with Jason Gotts. That's Clever Creature with Jason, G-O-T-S. New episodes bi-weekly on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jason Gotts, and you're listening to Clever Creature. It's a do-it-mostly-myself experiment in creative freedom and growth. Each episode starts with one random word. I record an audio diary entry. I write and produce a story and a song about the word. Then I sit down with a guest to talk about taking creative risks. And wait, there's a bonus track, a short guided meditation at the end of each episode. You can listen straight through, or you can bounce all over the place. It's totally up to you. I'll share one listener comment each week, so please take a minute to rate and review us on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen. It really helps people discover the show. Here's an anticipatory comment from a listener called The Rogue's Life on iTunes. Can't wait for this launch. Jason has done wonders for Think Again, and I'm looking forward to seeing him with a wide open canvas. Thanks so much, The Rogue's Life. This project is dedicated to my sister, Mary Hamilton, who was always so brave. Extra special thanks to my son, Emre Gotts, who composed and plays the theme music. Let's get going. Season one is eight episodes, one every other Tuesday from May to August 2020. This is episode one, Desert. I am doing an experiment. And it's an experiment because I have a hypothesis, or we could say an impulse, but I really don't have any idea how it's going to come out. And my MO in these situations in my life has been to keep the cards relatively close to my chest, telling you know a few close friends, here's the thing that I'm going to do. But what can happen, if you keep your cards too close to your chest, it makes it too easy to back down, back out, cover up your tracks, and just kind of move on. I ran a show for five years called Think Again, where I had conversations with people who had written books, artists, or scientists about all kinds of things. You know, and that was a risk for sure. That was scary when I started it. I had never really done anything like that before. But there's always been a part of me that has enjoyed making things up poems and songs and plays. There's kind of another level of scary, I guess, for me about putting the creative work out in the world. Think again, it's time for that show to end. It's been time for that show to end and it's time for me to do something new. And what I have in mind is that in this show, I will make something new every episode, like a piece of fiction, right? And a song 
But here's the thing. Here's, here's the way I've set this experiment up, right? I'm making the show bi-weekly, which means that I probably have one day to create and one day to like edit and produce over the course of two weeks, which is nuts. Plus, you know, all the time that it will take to put marketing materials and publicity and stuff together. I mean, it's probably impossible. Uh, I should tell you that I'm also writing a book this year for the first time. It's a memoir. And that's, you know, the first time I've done that. I'm also going to be teaching a podcasting class. And so it's a year of huge, many multiple new things. And within this, I want to do this experiment because I want to prove to myself that I can put creative work out into the world in an ongoing way. But here are some of the other fears, right? What if nobody listens? <laughs> What if like people don't like it? What if it's just actually not that good? And the conditions of the experiment are such that that's entirely possible. Because I have this, had this historical tendency to kind of start something and not finish it, I'm creating this framework that forces me to create and that also gets me out of myself. The idea is that a random word picked by a random word picker, which is like an internet algorithm. Every episode I will generate a random word and then that's supposed to be the spark for the song and the story. And what's cool about that is that it gets you outside of yourself. It, it gets you outside of your ego and the part of yourself that's sitting there going, I don't have any ideas. I don't know what I should do. You know, I'm a terrible person. I'm not really creative because I do believe God, to misquote, I don't know who said this, that we contain multitudes. It was in a very different context, but I do believe that we contain multitudes. And I believe that you can dive anywhere into the ocean of self and experience and then follow that trail infinitely. In some ways, it doesn't really matter where you start. The other thing I know or believe I know about successful creative people, you know, I'm thinking of writers that I admire is that they edit and they revise heavily. I talked to Lauren Groff, the writer of Fates and Furies, who told me that she spent like two years writing a book recently and then threw the whole book away and then started a new one because that book just wasn't working. So I'm doing an experiment in which I have to create a thing in one week, I have to edit it in the next week, and then put it out into the world. So it's entirely possible that it's actually not possible to do something good that way. And obviously I wanna make things that are good, otherwise I wouldn't be doing this. I don't wanna just indulge my whim to quote unquote be creative. I wanna put something out that's gonna excite and move people. I mean, I'm also hoping that this project will inspire some people to similar projects of their own or to, you know, in various ways, kickstart their own desire to make things. I'd like there to be an element of conversation in this show because, you know, it's been really valuable for me over the past years to get outside of myself and speak to all these different people. I'd like to continue doing that. I think it could get really isolating and bad if I'm just doing this all alone. I'm somewhere between an extrovert and an introvert, and I definitely need a reality check from other human beings. I'm not entirely sure what format that conversation is going to take each episode. I have the idea that it should somehow be inspired by the word of the week, but I don't want that to just be some sort of whimsical gimmick. 
you know, and then I have the other idea that because the other thing this show is about is taking creative risks, that that could be a kernel of the conversation. So it's Wednesday, January 8th, 2020, 9.48 a.m. And I'm also now going to go and generate the random word. So here's the random word generator. Number of words, one. I'm not specifying syllables or anything else. Here we go. I'm actually terrified now. All right, here we go. Generate random words. Desert. Okay. I'm going to go now and start making things. I am lost. That's all I know anymore. At first, the visuals were enough to hold my interest, just paying attention to the variations of sand and sky, sometimes subtle, sometimes jagged and extreme. It kept me going, making a study of it, trying to read stories into sequences of shape and color. That's not right. Trying to walk that tightrope between writing the stories and letting them unfold. It's been days. Weeks? Why am I not hungry? Where is the need for sleep? Also, why am I completely naked? I can't even remember what kind of clothes I used to wear. Parachute pants? No. Parachute. I remember a parachute. I was in a plane. It went down. I was in... Staples manufacturing. Any staple you've ever used was probably originally made by my company and then rebranded by whoever you bought it from. That's a lot of staples when you think about it. Entropy is the way of the world. Loose leaf wants to be blank. It wants to blow away. The wind's breath blows clouds of sand from the tops of the dunes and it looks like smoke. The sun dissolves. The desert grows deeper. Anyway, staples. They hold things together. They keep the ideas in order. Of course, these days everything's electronic, and you have to at least in part blame the printer industry for that. I mean, they didn't create the problem, but don't you think that if ink wasn't like $100 a cartridge, people would be printing more things out? After all, there's something so satisfying about crisp, white, physical paper. Staples hold it all together. They keep it neat and in order, so they're needed, or they were needed, widely. And though it isn't glamorous or anything, though I would rather maybe have been Brad Pitt or something, Staples have made my family a lot of money. My family. I don't know if I'll ever see them again. Renata is just six. She loves those LOL surprise dolls. I can't help spoiling her with that. At the same time, I wonder whether I'm doing her any favors with these LOL surprise dolls. What are they teaching her? Renata, if only I could see you now. Not like this, of course. Naked and raving to myself, but... As we used to be, in the sunroom overlooking the Pacific, nothing but glass between us and the endless ocean. The ocean is a kind of desert if you think about it, but only on the surface. That's some kind of human, some anthropomorphism, because, no, no, human centrism, Anthros, anthropocentrism, because we're above water creatures, the whole thing looks featureless and barren, but of course it's teeming with life, and, and that's at the macroscopic level. Microscopically, it's even richer. Even here, if you think about it, there's no such thing as alone. My gut biome is blooming with beneficial bacteria. If only I could communicate with them, it might alleviate some of this loneliness. 
I mean, the fact is I'm communicating with them all the time, I guess, or my cells are, but there's not much happening at the conscious level. The gut bacteria aren't much for conversation. I do have a name, you know. I'm ignorant of it. Forgive me. There are so many of you. Each of us is as individual as you are. How would you like it if I just called you human? I, I don't know. I don't think I'd mind it much. I think I would understand that from your perspective, my humanness is what stands out. I'm in a desert. But you're not, are you? Everything you do affects us. We're dehydrated at the moment. Shrinking. There's a lack of sugar coming in from the outside, so we're working over time to digest your body, but that's obviously robbing Peter to pay Paul. How long can we keep that up, realistically? Yeah, I hear ya. I'm trying to get out of here. The trouble is, I don't know where here is. I have no maps, no instruments. I vaguely remember trying to get from somewhere to somewhere in my plane, but I can't even remember where I was going or in what direction. None of these concepts means anything to me. I'm not sure what we can talk about, really. We don't have much in common. We have a need for companionship, don't we? Don't we have that? I'm surrounded by billions of bacteria. Trillions, possibly. Teeming is the word. This place is teeming with us. And I have many satisfying relationships with others in my local area. Yeah, but don't you think it's worthwhile to expand your horizons? Doesn't it get a bit provincial just relating to others just like you all the time? I mean, sure, I guess. But how satisfying can a relationship be, really, if you're just a tourist? I mean, we could talk all day about the differences between our lives, but that's just surface stuff, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe we'd spend a few days, weeks, even years having that surface conversation, and eventually, though, we'd have laid down enough foundation to develop a real relationship, and that relationship would be all the more satisfying for the groundwork we'd put into it. Honestly, bro, I just don't have the time. Yeah, I know. We're all so busy these days. Nobody has the time. You have no idea. I am constantly catalyzing. Like, non-stop. Like, there is very little dormancy here from the catalyzing. I mean, if the food and water situation doesn't change, and we run out of you to digest, then maybe I'll enter a kind of torpid dormancy, but that's not the same thing as leisure. That's like one step away from death. Life, for me, is work. Constant work. I don't flit about in private jets and have time to ruminate on the meaning of staples. After nightfall, it gets so cold. I'm curled up, embryo-like, to conserve what warmth I can, but that's just robbing Peter to pay Paul, isn't it? And I could swear there are creatures scurrying all over the place very close to my head, but every time I look up, I can't catch anything in spite of the gibbous moon. Is it pronounced gibbous or gibbous? I'm proud of knowing that word. Proud of you, Renata, for your heart, most of all. How you always want to rescue the animals at the zoo. How you love your LOL dolls and know all of their names and have arranged them so meticulously in that LOL compound I got you. How your face lights up when you point up at the moon. How the moonlight holds you like a sleeping bag. How sleep comes to all of us, creeping gently through the cell walls. Cell high, by low. That's a homonym. An axiom? A balancing act. An act of grace. The desert is cold, the desert is clean, but I'm on fire. Go and make your money, whatever way you can, you're still a liar. 
But I made a place beyond where all these things would matter Where your enemies and attitudes and baggage from your marriages just scatter The moon is gibbous, the critters are all scurrying around And I'm curled up like a fetus, I'm just trying to keep from freezing on the ground I dreamed that I was adrift on the Adriatic Sea And that every single molecule of nature was benevolent to me But please Don't try to retrofit a different frame The more you squeeze The further I Just drift away Skin is open, the page is staring back accusingly Like, come on punk, what makes you think you possibly could fill the likes of me? So I filled it with obscenities and taglines from commercials I had seen Let the PhDs in media studies argue about what it all could mean So my guest today is my son, Emery Gotts. He's a sixth grader, a lover and avid citizen of Minecraft and other virtual worlds, and a musician. He composed and plays the theme song to this podcast, and it is gratifying beyond words to have Emre on as my first guest. Here we are. Yes. So I'm here with Emery Gotts, 12 years old, and we're in the middle or at the very beginning, honestly, of this coronavirus panic. We're sheltering in place at our house in New York. Right. Ah, uh, uh, is right, but yeah. but we're gonna get through it together, right? Dude? Yeah. We have a game plan to remain sane, and it includes stuff like going outside sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And but not like touching people or things in general or anything at all. Yeah. Yes, just not even our feet touching the ground. We just float. <laughs> we just float. <laughs> hover. Yeah. Hover. Exactly. Well, you have a hoverboard, so you yeah, can hover. Yeah. So that we're that. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, suspended on the ground. And you're pretty smart, so I don't know, maybe you can develop some sort of electromagnetic device that would enable us to actually hover. Did you know that they're actually doing that kind of thing? They're making these, um, I think that they were using some sort of liquid nitrogen only because I've seen like smoke in all the ads or whatever, but that might just be for effect. But there's, it's like, I don't know if temperature comes into play, but basically they're making these skate parks. They're building these test skate parks, which have built-in electromagnetic tracks so okay. that you're actually able to use a hoverboard on them. Now, it's in pretty early stages, and by no means does it work anywhere like in Back to the Future or whatever. Right. But, but I'm sure that'll get there at some point. Yeah. It might be a while before our local park gets one of those, though. Yeah. <laughs> the city tends to drag its feet. 
And it's got a lot on its hands right now. Yep. But so the way this show works, which I think you know a little bit about, but it's a new show and you're my first guest, by the way. That's great. Yeah. And so the way the show works is two things. We're talking about creativity in general, and but we're also there's also this surprise word in each episode. And so I think in our conversation, let's start with the far out. Let's start with the surprise word Ooh. and see where it where our conversation yeah. goes. I think you get the game. The idea is just like, I'm going to say what the word is, and then we're going to like take a moment to let it soak in, and then we're going to go. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, cool. So the word, this is episode one, and the word is, that's Emery rubbing his hands together in anticipation. And I wish you could see his face because it is, he's like a little gnome of anticipation. I'm literally vibrating. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so the word is desert. So a couple of things. One, like I was thinking about like just the really hot sand dunes and the Sahara Desert and those things. I also, when you said desert, my mind instantly jumped to dessert. <laughs> so I thought like ice cream. And so then they sort of merged and I thought of like an ice cream desert. And Oh, I love that idea. <laughs> a desert of ice cream. And also and then my mind jumped to because on YouTube I saw this video which was a simulation of like what would happen if you just covered the entire Sahara with solar panels. And so oh. Like, how much energy would that bring? What would it look like, et cetera? Did they give examples? Like, it would power such and such city for oh, X yeah, amount yeah. of time? Well, if you had solar panels over the entire Earth, right, it would power all of civilization. If you had them over the, the whole Earth? Yeah. But then you couldn't have any civilization because all you could have is solar panels. No, I'm saying, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, no, it, like... It's theoretical, like you wouldn't do this, but right. in essence, if you took all of the sunlight that's hitting the earth, that would be enough energy to actually power all of civilization. Got you, got you. Forever? like, like... Yeah. No, like it, at a constant rate of it's taking it in and it's taking out, like input and output, it's providing the exact amount that earth is taking out. Let's go back for a second, though, to your idea of the ice cream desert, because I, <laughs> because that is my favorite idea. It's like you're sweating, and then the floor is ice cream, so you just jump onto the sand. How would the inhabitants of the ice cream desert live? They would just burrow underground <laughs> and eat the walls. So underground, is it colder? Like, is it frozen hard? So it'd be like an ice cave under there? The top is soft-serve ice cream, but like... The caves are like, if you took Haagen-Dazs ice cream out of the freezer for like three minutes, right. you could like scrape at it and eat it, but okay, it's, so it's soft, still hard. Soft, but not quite like as squishy. soft as the surface. So you could live under there, yeah. but your body heat would warm it up. Do they have any techniques or technology for keeping their homes from melting? Yes. What? They make eight... <laughs> they, they, <laughs> They they make ACs out of ice cream, <laughs> which in turn the ACs would melt. And so to keep the ACs of ice cream from melting, you 
cool it with another AC of ice cream. So it's like an infinite regression. So basically, they yeah. must spend all their time making ACs. Just to take this maybe as far as we possibly can, do you think there are there any other creatures that inhabit the ice cream yes. desert? Yes. Well, I'm thinking there would be like mountains, but instead of snow, it would be hot fudge. Oh, okay. So this like, is feeling like Candyland. It's like the opposite of the desert, right? Because usually... The top of mountains are cold and the desert is, first glance, you think of hot, right? Right. But the desert here is super cold and hot fudge is hot. And so then on top of that mountain, on top of each mountain, resides just one big cherry. A living cherry. Yeah, like <laughs> with red teeny little stick legs. If you have had a maraschino cherry, like the stems, the arms and legs are like the stem compared to the cherry. And the cherry stays up there and it is round. So it can sort of like, it's as if it's a panopticon, like it sees in all directions. It sees yes. it. So I'm imagining it as kind of like a wise. Yeah, being. that's what I thought. <laughs> like the wise guru of cherry on top. So each mountain has its own wise guru and oh, and yeah. and us like human inhabitants of the of the ice cream desert can maybe go up there yeah. sometimes on a track and, for and wisdom they, and and <laughs> and and each guru has a different like meditative <laughs> challenge okay and if you beat it they'll provide you with different tools like a spoon or a scooper or <laughs> like a candle to melt ice cream and make caves and stuff spiritual tool um, the holy spoon <laughs> i asked you to make the theme song for this yeah. show which i'm not asking you to play right now because we heard it at the beginning of the show but i do want to talk to you a little bit about creativity you make a lot of music and you just you you've been playing guitar since you were how old since i was like three like three three and a half yeah yeah, you started taking lessons then. And so then, I've been playing for like over nine years, I think. And do you remember what drew you to the guitar in the first place or like why you play guitar? Did we just force you to do it? No. It, it was my dad was just playing guitar and I just started just strumming my hand on it like we have videos of you, yeah, just kind of like strumming on the guitar. And then I think we bought you a guitar, which like a toy guitar-ish, which you would carry around almost like a teddy bear all over the cool. place and strum periodically. You were, you were sick all the time. Like when you were when you were a baby or a little kid, like your nose was constantly running. And we have pictures of you with your nose running, but a huge grin on your face as you strum your, your guitar. <laughs> But then at some point you started making songs. Maybe when I was five. Or okay. I think, yeah, I, I think my first one was five. And I don't remember how to play it, but I remember one note from it. And I remember a sort of feeling. Maybe it was the can, G note, like, ooh. What was the feeling? Like, like, like dark. Like a, like a, um... Like stepping into the bat cave, <laughs> but like not with all the technology, just the feeling of darkness mingled with curiosity. What's going to happen? What's going on? Like, oh, yeah. like suspense yeah, or something. Yeah. And do you have any sense of, I mean, this is a hard question because I mean, the songs kind of just come to you. Yeah. But I mean, do you have any sense of or any way of kind of thinking about 
what it's like to make them, like what the creative process is like yeah, for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. It's, I mean, you can imagine it as making a painting, right? You have a brush and paint, which in this case is the guitar in your fingers, and you are tasked to create something out of what is essentially nothing. There's this old word, old phrase in Latin, tabula rasa, which means blank canvas. Right. It's like you're, you've got the blank canvas in front yeah. of you. And so from there, I think that a part of my music where it just comes to me is present in every music creation because you have to start from somewhere. And so right. you think of maybe one chord structure and then you think of another one so do you get you like a couple it. notes typically in the beginning or do you kind of get one note or do you just kind of know what key it's in or i'm coming up with one right now just in my fingers just give me a second do you want to play it okay <laughs> That's really beautiful. So maybe we can talk a little bit about yeah, where that came from. I came up with a key not actively thinking, okay, I'm going to do A major, which is what that was in. Uh-huh. But I heard A major. And so then when I had that, then I took three notes. Do, 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 do. Well, four notes. And then, and then I just added a bass sort of naturally, which was the A note because it's A major. So it became like... And then do 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 do. At that point, it was it's sort, it sort of, of like takes its own momentum or something. It's like what people describe as rapping, almost like there's you just flow. It's like freestyling. Yeah, there it, there's just a flow, and you just follow it. You sort of know what you're leading up to. You know what it's gonna sound like a little bit, and you know what you're gonna say. You're planning it a little bit ahead, but you're going as you go. I get it. Yeah, you're just in it. Yeah. And what does it feel like to you when you're in it? What kind of feeling is that? I wouldn't say it's a feeling of joy, but it's not a feeling of sadness. It's just Mm, like, mm. it's sort of like being in limbo. You're just there and the music is just coming and you're going with it. You hear what sounds good. You hear what sounds bad and you to you and you try to edit that but it's sort of almost peaceful i mean we're in a strange moment right now like we're i don't know what it will be like when this podcast comes out which is going to be in may but right now like the whole city is shutting down and everyone is isolated in their houses and you know we're trying to figure out what how to keep ourselves interested and connected and and going And I wonder if you have any thoughts on like what music and what creativity can do for that in those times. It's another activity which you can do, but music isn't just an activity. It's like a lifestyle. It's really its own universe. It's separate and connected. It's like just its own bubble, which overlaps with your like normal life it's almost like a venn diagram almost like so, so, life and music 
I mean, something you said there about it being like a universe, we are in a way trapped in a room or a bubble, which is our lives and our personalities and like the everyday stuff we do. And then these things are like a doorway where you can go pretty much anywhere. Yeah, not like a door, but a doorway. Like the door frame, you can step through it, but it's not something you have to necessarily open. It's just something that you have to take the step to go through. And then once you're through there, you could Mm -hmm. end up anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Like in the ice cream desert. Yeah. Well, that's the official end of episode one, Desert. It only gets weirder from here. Please join me two weeks from now on May 26th for episode two, Church, with novelist, essayist, and all-around sage, Gish Jen. If you're somewhere where it's convenient to meditate, either sitting or walking, please stick around after this spiel for a bonus track, Guided Meditation. It's about seven minutes long. And please take a minute to rate and review Clever Creature with Jason Gotts on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It really helps the show get noticed. I like to close each episode with a short guided meditation. It doesn't matter whether you're washing dishes or walking around or sitting, wherever you are, you can do this. It, it also doesn't matter whether you have any experience with meditation or think that you're a person who thinks too much and has too much chatter going on in your mind to meditate. That's not important. Um, I invite you to join me from wherever and whoever you are. Start by finding a comfortable, upright posture. It shouldn't be stiff or militaristic. You're looking for this comfortable tension, something like a guitar string that is tuned to the right note. It's neither too tight nor too loose. You can feel gravity pulling your body downward, but you should also feel a sense of lengthening in the spine. If it's helpful, you can imagine an invisible string that's attached to the crown of your head that you're hanging off of and feeling the rest of the skeleton, the arms, the shoulders, the rest of the body just hanging loosely off of that string. There's energy going upward, and then there is the comfortable, familiar pulling downward of the earth. Check in internally. What do you feel? What's going on right now? Are there a thousand thoughts? Is there buzzing energy in the chest or the hands? A sensation of cold, sensation of warmth. Are you thinking about something, what you have to do later today or something that happened yesterday? 
just notice what's going on, kind of taking the temperature. And then once you have a sense of that internal weather, begin to notice the way that the breath happens in the body. It's different for everyone. You might notice the sensation of the chest rising and falling. You might notice the cool air coming in at the nostrils and the warmer air going out when you breathe out. The goal is not to create any kind of feeling or any particular rhythm for the breath. The breath happens all by itself. You don't have to do anything. And that's what makes it such a good thing to check in with during meditation. Because it's always there and it's always doing its own thing and you get to observe it as it is. Notice where you feel it, where you feel it the most. If you feel it strongly in more than one place, that's okay, but choose a place to focus your attention on the breath. Notice as it comes in, notice as it goes out. If your mind wanders away from the breath, if something distracts you, that's okay. Don't worry if you think I got distracted It's not about whether other meditators would do this differently. You can think of the image, an image that I always liked, of a little puppy that you're training, and you're bringing it back to a mat in front of you, and then it wanders off, and you, how would you pick it up? Gently, kindly and then you'd put it back. So when your attention wanders off, just gently bring it back to the breath. Now, begin to tune in to the sounds around you. The sound of my voice, sounds from the street, voices of other people, whatever you hear where you are, just notice the moment that the sound enters consciousness. Try to let that happen and notice 
the moment before the talking brain puts a word to the sound. Feel and hear the sound entering the mind. Open broadly, gently to all the sound around you. Above, below, 360 degrees around. And in the background, there's still the breath. Rising and falling. Rising and falling. And then, when you're ready, you can open your eyes or open your awareness and return to the everyday world.